Lobby cast. I like that. We're recording in a van down by the river. I will probably edit that out. Yeah, we'll yeah. with the concept. Quote Brad Pitt, what is in the box? Am I the only one that's impressed that Brendan Fraser still gets work? Maybe. Are we there? Are we there? Hey! Hi. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Three welcomes for you tonight to the PGL Lobbycast. This is the Big Bad episode number 350, 350, the big 350. We made it this far. The streak continues. I believe I'm contractually obligated to say. You are. Uh, and hey, uh, I'm Will, and this is my lovely wife, Erin. Rocking, by the way, the Nerd Rage t-shirt. Show that bad boy off, because that is awesome. Uh, and as you may have guessed, uh, since we're pimping the shirt, we're going to discuss all things Fallout in eager anticipation of Fallout 4, which drops next week at 12.01 a.m. Tuesday, the 10th of 11, 10th of November, 2015. November. Not that we're counting. Not that we're counting. Uh, tonight's episode is certainly not brought to you by vodka or tequila. No. Absolutely not. Mm. <sighs> With a little triple suck for flavor. You bet. <sighs> Good times. So, uh, big news for this week. Uh, something, something, Call of Duty 3, something, something, nobody cares. Uh, but really, let's get to the bottom line here. Bethesda has released on the iTunes Store, Apple Store, whatever you call it, because I'm not an Apple person, and the Google Play Store, but unfortunately not perhaps yet the Windows Store. Sorry, Sam. Sorry, Sam. We're so sorry. Um, and for anybody else out there in the interwebs that still has a Windows phone, uh, apparently Bethesda said you can go F yourself. Uh, but... I digress. Um, but And they really did, though, because we saw the too. screenshot, and they actually put is compatible with Windows and didn't supply a link. But Yeah, it was a dead link. Everybody there, else there got a link to click on, except for you Windows users. So really, wah, wah, they gave you uh, But as we were trying to say here before we got sidetracked with how bad the Windows phone support is for apps, uh, Bethesda has released the Pip-Boy Companion for Fallout 4. I've had a chance to take a brief look at it. And it looks pretty sweet. Uh, basically, for those of you not following along at all, because you've been hidden away in some deep, dark vault, waiting for uh, the seals to come off and the door to roll away. See what you did there. Like that? Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. I'm staying topical. <laughs> uh, People like it when you're topical. Yeah. Uh, the companion app will let you access your Pip Boy, so all of your character management, inventory management, all that good stuff. While you were playing the game, uh, it is also, of course, designed to, on your phone, it is also, of course, designed to nestle so nicely into the Pip-Boy edition, for those of you that were fortunate enough to pre-order them. Uh, as I understand, they are, are no more, but check eBay and Craigslist and all the other purveyors of fine stolen goods, and you will probably find one starting around $500 beginning on Tuesday. If you need a pit boy that badly, they're out there. The other thing that I've seen, which is pretty sweet, are some very crafty people that have a 3D printer have been making their own pit boys. And you can Google that at your leisure, if you prefer. And you can, if you have access to such technology, manufacture your very own pit boy so that you can feel like you're roaming the wastes from the comfort and security of your own home. But the companion app is out. I recommend running it in demo mode because apparently if you try to access the live mode, 
Uh, it just kind of sits there and tries to connect aimlessly to your Xbox One. I'm sure, however, come Tuesday, that will work like a dream. We can hope. We can hope. Yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, let's talk about those things. So, we decided that we're going to bring you tonight our top favorite things and our top least favorite things from the Fallout series. Uh, as a caveat, um, my lovely wife, Erin, sitting next to me, has completed Fallout 3 approximately 452 times. Ish. Roughly. Ish. Uh, Fallout New Vegas completed roughly 36 times. Somewhere in there. Uh, has not played Fallout 1, Fallout 2, Fallout Brotherhood of Steel, or Fallout Tactics. No. Because she's not a PC gamer, so don't hold that against her. And the Xbox One is freaking out over there. What's it doing? It's listening to your voice. My God. It can hear me from the kitchen, but it can't hear me from the living room. What the hell, Xbox? <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, it's fun. I can sit in my chair and go, Xbox, turn off. And it goes, huh? It's a true story. <laughs> I've seen it happen. But apparently from the kitchen, it can hear me the just kitchen, fine. It, uh, hears just fine. Weird. Anyways, so we thought we'd bring you all the, the goodness from at least Fallout 3, at least Fallout New Vegas. Um, the best and the worst. The best and the worst. And another caveat here is that, <laughs> exactly, is that we have the best and the worst. Um, the way we're dividing this up isn't very strict. Or scientific. No, neither. Uh, basically, you know, by best, it could be moments that really struck us, whether they were good or bad. And by worst, it could also fall into that category or stuff that just really pissed us off in that moment. Also true. We will do you the courtesy of clarifying which they fall into. Well, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. If we forget, you know, don't hold us against us. Because, again, tonight's episode is brought to you by tequila and vodka. Mm. And it is so good, so yes. fruity, so flavorful. I love it. So refreshing. It tastes like the deserts of Mexico. Well, Aaron, why don't you kick us off? Uh, what are your top five favorite things for being such an experienced wasteland traveler? These are just things that popped into my head again, uh, kind of like last week. And I'm sure if we actually had an extensive discussion about it, I might tweak a thing or two. Indeed. However... Uh, the first things that popped into my head, um, first one, Liberty Prime. Ah, uh, Liberty Prime. From Fallout 3. Liberty Prime is awesome. It is. I mean, how could you not love a giant robot that stomps the Enclave into jelly while spouting blatant anti-communist -prop anti propaganda? That's fantastic. It's wonderful. When you get lines like, embrace democracy or be eradicated, pretty much you know that you've stumbled onto video game gold. It is. Uh, and really for me, Liberty Prime is on my list as well. So just the idea of this monstrous pre-Great War artifact that has been brought back to life, has been resurrected by the Brotherhood of Steel to wreak terrible fiery vengeance on the Enclave really just sets a capstone into the series. Because not only is it fantastic and awesome and you're like, yeah, get them. <laughs> Get them. You're on your couch doing that open mouth. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. The whole time. While he's smiting <laughs> communism with his furious lasers. With his giant feet and eyes of eye beams. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. But <laughs> so not only is it, you know, edge of your couch, fantastic, but you also got to kind of admit it is a little bit tongue in cheek comedy as well. Yes. Um, especially when you consider that the Enclave, who Liberty Prime is currently smushing into little teeny tiny piles of paste, 
uh, really is formed of all the former cabinet members and leaders of the free world known as America. So it's ironic. Irony. Uh, irony. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Liberty Prime uh, is definitely in the top five, as, as you mentioned, as it is for, sure. as it is for him, too. Uh, let's see. Another big moment for me is in fall again, Fallout Three, the moment that you emerge from Vault One Hundred One. The moment you see daylight for the first time, natural yes. daylight. For in your young life, the way they captured that is really almost breathtaking. They did mm-hmm. a good job in one kind of sweeping shot of showing what somebody would feel like. Yeah. Were they stepping into that situation for the first time? Yep. And you got to, you know, kind of agree that they did it really well. They kind of figured what would it be like to be living underground for X number of years? What would it be like to be stepping out onto this blighted earth for the first time? And how would you feel? And for being a fairly simple cutscene, it's very effective. effective. We both agree that it's really top-notch work. It is. And as somebody that hadn't played, as he mentioned, hasn't played any of the previous PC games, seeing their vision of what this scorched earth would look like. Mm-hmm. Even 200 years after this horrible war happened, you're a little gobsmacked at how thorough the destruction still is. And it's it's beautifully done, beautifully rendered. Mm-hmm. Very emotional. Very emotional. Kind of kicks off the whole tone of the game. And then, of course, if you're like 99% of us, you went... Cool. My main quest marker is that way, and I'm going this way. Exactly. So let's go see what we got. You went, eh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there. I got stuff look to look around. at. Excellent. Excellent. I got to go poke stuff with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I hope I find a gun. <laughs> All right. Next choice. Um, <laughs> and again, these are in no particular order. True. These, these two are characters that come up again in Fallout 3, and I will get to Fallout New Vegas. Yes, indeed. Um, Harold and Bob. Harold and Bob. I love Harold and Bob. You gotta love Harold and Bob. And my understanding, after looking up, you know, doing my nerdly research on the internet, is that they are recurring characters in previous Fallout games. They do come from, I believe, Fallout 1. They pop up again in Fallout 2, and then you, of course, run into them in Fallout 3, where Harold has become a much more Permanent fixture of the wasteland, perhaps? Yes. And um, uh, Harold, for then Bob, for those of you who may be a little fuzzy or haven't played it 467 times, is uh, the previously human, now part human, part tree that you find in Oasis. Yes. And uh, Bob is the other human or other tree or whatnot that seems to be growing out of his head. Yes. And it has apparently been growing out of his head for many, many, many years. And you get a quest regarding um, a request from Harold, really. Uh, so I was, I was going to say, I should probably, I was trying to avoid spoilers, but if you haven't you played haven't Fallout, Fallout 3, 3 at this point, go away. Go Just away. stop watching. You. You're done. We're, you're we're over. Um, uh, we don't like you anymore. We don't. And if you're sitting there going, but I'm injured now, well, then stop listening well, to us and go play the game. You have stuff to do. Uh, and especially because if you order pre-ordered Fallout uh, 4 for the Xbox One, at least. We have to assume you've played Fallout 3. Well, not ones. only that, but uh, they gave you an Xbox 360 download code for Fallout 3. So for God's sakes, go get off your ass and go play some games. 
really. You won't regret it. You won't regret it. I mean, it's so much fun. I, I'm so tired of the same argument. Oh, but Will, I have to work to feed my family of 16 people. <laughs> I don't give a crap. Go tell them to panhandle tell on the them street to play corner. With you. Family well, if you have experience. to, you know, fine. Um, but for you know, God, go go educate yourself, people. Anyways, angry anyway, rant aside. Angry rant aside. Hey, look, tequila. <laughs> we'll assume that you you played the game. But my next choice uh, again. I told you I was getting to Fallout New Vegas, and here we are. Woo. Uh, anything involving the DLC of Old World Blues. Old World Blues is one of my favorite DLCs from virtually any game I've ever played. It, it's fantastic, and it's very different from some of the other things that they did. <laughs> It's very lighthearted in comparison to some of the other things that you yes. see happening, particularly like Dead Money was dark as all hell. Yeah, you know, this whole casino that it was built basically to uh, entomb the corpses of those who fall. And, and has since been taken over by an even darker individual in the form of Father Elijah. Mm-hmm. You have all these, you know, you're, you're in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. You know, it can be rather dark, and they just went full tilt in the other direction with old world blues they they embraced the spirit of 1950s science fiction science fiction and bad movies and fantasticness that comes with they, it they really did and the i haven't laughed out loud with a video game as much as i did in a lot of the opening dialogue that you have with the think tank yes um and anytime you have dialogue Kids, plug your ears. Anytime you have dialogue involving a robot that's forgotten what it's like to be human, getting offended that you're waving at him and saying, oh, my God, it's waving a whole hand of fully erect hand penises at me. Yes. Oh, my Lord. I about peed on the couch. I love everything about that DLC. It's funny. It's well thought out. You have sentient murderous toasters. Yeah. Bottomites. It's wonderful. It's fantastic. It is. And it's a lovely break from some of the... You know, you know, like she said, some of the more serious aspects of being in the wasteland, and it, it is a bit silly. And for that reason, I think some people disliked it. And to those people, I say, meh, go get a grip. <laughs> it's it's very funny for what it's worth, and especially when you consider the 1950s science fiction, uh, the 1950s, kind of the birth of the atomic era, and what this yes. meant, and. You know, you get the pulp magazines where is it possible to put a human brain inside a robot body and what would that mean and what would that entail? And here it is. You can play through it. Yes. Top notch. It it is. And and it like and some people said, well, it seemed a little out of sync, you know, with some of the other stuff. It really wasn't. If you think about it, I mean, the Fallout Mm -hmm. games really embrace. I mean, this is essentially a series of games done that asks you what would an apocalypse. What if look like. In, in the year 2077 look like from the year 1950. Yeah. The fashions are from that era. The the anti-communist propaganda is from that era. Very much so. That whole game is kind of birthed from that era. Yes. And they really embraced it and ran with it in Old World Blues and added, he said, you know. A great the, layer to it. A great layer to it. It's fantastic. So if you haven't bought it, I recommend looking into it. It's a lot of fun. And if you haven't done it, you missed out. You did. It's a true story. So play it for muggy. <laughs> yes, play muggy. it. Play it for muggy. There are so many fantastic characters that they came up with in that, or Doctor Dalla in her obsession with human formography. Yes, and teddy bears. Ten okay, teddy bears. bears. It's wonderful and funny all the way through, and it has really good acts. It still has really good action, and mm-hmm. it's good stuff. All right. What else did I have? 
I, I don't know. I think that my last one was just a general hat tip to the people that do these games for their really well thought out and extensive writing and character development. Mm-hmm. And you see that in the games, but I think another way that that comes up that you may or may not have seen is their player guides. Yeah. If you look in their player guides, you get even more backstory about what these characters are and who they are and what motivates them. And it's clearly something they thought so much, or they thought out so much. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Um, <laughs> Wait, I'll join you. <laughs> hey, thanks. But th- they really did do wonderful things with their characters, with their writing. Mm-hmm. They're really involved stories. And I think it's one of the reasons I like the Fallout franchise so much. Yes. Yeah. What I've seen with Fallout 3 in New Vegas, I'm assuming that will continue in the new one, and I'm assuming it's something that's persisted in the pre that you know was there in the previous games that they built on. Yes, because Fallout, the original PC game, um, which I will admit I have played on the PC, but I have not finished due to some technical errors between hardware and software, which I'm still working on getting fixed. Um, the original Fallout, nothing had really ever been seen like that before. You know, it's a post-apocalyptic uh, role-playing game is the tagline. It was done by Interplay, the fine folks that presented such gems such as Bioware or uh, uh, Baldur's Gate. Uh, it's an isometric, so it's a top-down three-quarter view. And it was a tough game, you know, by all rights. You know, you you step out of that vault for the very first time and you're like, oh, crap, uh, red scorpions, uh, what do I do? Oh, I'm dead. Uh, let me start over and try this again. Let me do this, let me do this. Oh, what's this persistent countdown clock that I have to deal with? Oh, crap. Wow, that's uh, something else that I didn't take into consideration. And they start building on all these layers based on 1950s view of what would happen after atomic war. And it is fantastic. It is such a rich story, such a rich environment for them to play with that I am so excited to see what they do for Boston and Fallout 4. Yes, and as you know from the games that have already been released, they continue referencing, as we mentioned with Bob and Harold, they continue Mm -hmm. referencing the backstory that they laid down in the first few games. You have Bob and Harold, you have another character named... um, Marcus. Marcus, yes. um, Super Mutant Marcus. Super Mutant Marcus that put together uh, a settlement for Super Mutants in Fallout New Vegas, and Mm -hmm. if you talk to him, you get backstory from a previous game. Uh, The, what is it, Vault 77 jumpsuit? Yes, the Vault 77 jumpsuit along with the burn this damn jumpsuit holotape that you get in Fallout uh, 3. Which is courtesy of some of the pre-release Fallout 3 propaganda that was done by the fine folks that do the Penny Arcade webcomic, which was one vault, uh, one man in a crate full of puppets, uh, which is a brilliant webcomic. Look it up. Uh, I, I don't need to expound on it any further. But the fact that that made it into the canon of the game shows you just how willing they are to take these kind of layers and add layers and add dimensions and add backstory and add all this information to it. Uh, one of the ones that pops to my head is Tinker Joe. Oh, yes. Uh, Tinker Joe and his three robots, I believe, uh, in the wasteland. I don't remember exactly where, but it's Fallout 3. You actually usually run into them outside of the Robco factory when you're on a quest for Moira Brown. That is correct. Uh if you look carefully, you'll run into Robot 1, which I believe is a Securitron. You'll run into Robot 2, which I believe is a Mr. Handy. And then if you look really carefully, you'll actually find Tinker Joe beneath the collapsed remains of a third robot. 
So the simple fact that they have this whole backstory for this skeleton that you find in the waste really shows what detail they give to the game. Well, in Tinker Joe, it kind of depends. Tinker Joe is a living character that you can encounter. Oh, really? And at some point, you know, when you're on that, usually, like I said, when you're on that quest for Moira, mm-hmm. um, if, if you hit things right, you encounter him alive and you try to buy a robot. If you try to buy a robot from him, he, he may or may not sell you one. The trick is... My understanding is the trick to him selling you a robot is you have to be neutral. Oh. If you're good or bad, he just says, I don't think my robot likes the look of you. He's particular, and you won't get any, any so love. This is why I turn to her, folks. <laughs> she has played these games more than any other human alive, as far as I'm aware. Okay. <laughs> it's impressive. It's slightly scary. A little bit concerning, but I'm still impressed, and uh, that's why I bring her along. So she makes me look smart. No, wait. No, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we'll go with that. You don't need my help. I don't, but <laughs> anyways, we digress. Hey, look, digress. tequila. Uh, so yeah. those are those are anyway. Those are kind of the top five that popped into my head for favorites. Uh, Will. Uh, so I have to agree with you, Liberty Prime. Hmm. Um, I absolutely love Liberty Prime. I can't <laughs> help myself. Uh, you know, die communist scum, die. Uh, you gotta love it. So, I mean, fantastic. what else can you say? It's, it's, it's Liberty it's Prime, Liberty for God's Prime. sakes. Uh, I did shed a little tear when Liberty Prime dies. I was just thinking the same thing. You know, when when he's when the Enclave blows him up later. You know, that's <sighs> that's when the cry of "No!" goes out in the living room. You, it's it's painful. It's painful. It's like not my Liberty Prime. Um. Yeah. So I have to agree with Liberty Prime. I have to agree with one of my favorite moments is when you first step out of the vault. Mm-hmm. I, I'm in complete concordance with you on that. Um, but I will have to add a little bit of flavor to the text here. And okay. I will have to say that I absolutely love the Point Lookout DLC Fallout 3 yes. hallucinations. Oh, that is a very good call. Uh, very good call. You know, you get drugged. Uh, you're wandering around the hillbilly swamps of Maryland. <laughs> and he means every word of that too. It is the hillbilly swamps. Hillbilly swamps of Maryland. We're talking about you know backwoods redneck, uh, inbred mutants. Inbred mutants. Ooh, it's good times. Yeah. Uh, but you start looking around, and if you look really closely, you'll notice some of these strange differences, like schmalt boys or schmalt tech. Schmalt tech boy bobbleheads, and it's awesome. It's really well done. Uh, really entertaining to go through the hallucination sequence. Absolutely. I do love the um, anything with Old World Blues, uh, one of my favorite DLCs of all time, so I'm in complete accordance with you there as well. I would have to say that uh, one of my favorite moments in any Fallout game is the first time you encounter a Deathclaw. <laughs> uh, now, some of you sitting at home may go, well, that's strange because Deathclaws are terrifying. They typically tend to destroy you within the first five minutes if you're unfortunate enough to level up or to wander upon one before you are of level enough to handle one. And that really is the key for me. Because what I love about the Fallout series is the fact that it is open world, it is open exploration. You can pretty much go wherever you want, set your own tempo, do your own thing. So like most people, I decided to wander around. And I said, oh, what's that off in the distance? It looks like a giant lizard. I wonder if it's friendly. Let's Let's walk up and pet it. Yeah. (laughs) Do poke, poke, poke. Like this. Oh, it ate me. Oh, my God, it ate me fast. Oh, wow, that was terrifying. I wonder if I can beat this thing in fair combat. So then you reload, you come back to it, and you're like, pow, pow, pow. And it goes, whack, and knocks your head right off your shoulders. It's true. And uh, 
you know, really for such an apex predator, it's so well delivered. Uh, they're freaking terrifying. They are. And I got to admit, with all the pre-release footage of Fallout 4, where you see the death claw rising out of the, the freaking oh, sewer yeah. grate, and you're in power armor, or at least they are in that footage, you're in power armor with a freaking Gatling gun, and it's still a hell of a fight. A fight, man. I'm excited. This looks <laughs> like fun. Um, so I know that's probably a scripted event. Hopefully it's something that you know is overcomable, but it looks like a big boss fight kind of stage. I'm excited for it because I love the death claws. I love the idea that they took this itty bitty little cute teeny tiny chameleon and they turn it into this ravening lunatic that just wanders the wasteland causing death and despair wherever it goes. Wherever it goes. And the fact that I, I'm, anybody out there that plays these games had that moment when they played Fallout New Vegas the first time they ran across a death claw going, oh God, I missed my dark gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the dark guns were fantastic. The dark guns were fantastic for combating death claws, and you don't get them in New Vegas. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of death claws in New there's Vegas. There's a lot of death claws in New Vegas. Blind ones, ones, regular ones, ones, alpha ones, alpha ones mama ones, baby ones. Mm. Death claws go out. Don't the Mojave is friendly place for death claws. Yes. Uh, so, see, I believe that's three. Uh, I lost count. I'm drinking. Uh, so, we'll move on to number two. I'd have to say that uh, as far as emotional impact in Fallout 3, you reconnect with your father at Project Purity, and then the Enclave attacks, and then your dad dies. That, for me, was an emotional punch to the gut. I was not expecting that. So kudos to them right. for being able to work some of that emotional content back in there. Uh Really didn't see it coming, and when it hit, I was like, holy cow, you got to be kidding me. I just met this man. He was my father. We did this. We got kicked out of the vault together. We were buds. You know, he said I looked just like him, even though my character is black and he's white. I'm so confused. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, Project Purity and Losing Dad was uh, was a bit of an emotional kickstart. It was. So. My next uh, probably top favorite moment in the Fallout series uh, and this one really is a tough, tough one to uh, kind of wrap your brain around. Uh, it's in my top five for impact. I know it's in Aaron's top five for woeness. I think I know where he's going with this one. Fallout New Vegas. You happen to be wandering around. All of a sudden, some crazy psychopathic guy comes running up to you, and he says, oh, my God, oh, my God, I won the lottery. And you're like, meh, whatever, lottery schmottery. Uh, you turn left, and wow, what's with all these crucified people? Oh, I'm right outside of Nipton. Yeah, your arrival at Nipton, yeah. Yeah, holy cow. That's when you first realize, holy crap, the Caesar's Legion is not effing around, as we like to say. As we like to say, indeed. And the emotional impact simply from walking down that avenue towards some unknown yes. destination was top-notch, in my opinion. Absolutely, sir. I agree. So, toast, toast, prost, swiggo. Mm. Ah, good times. So, with that being said, our top five respective moments, favorite moments from the games. Let's move on to our least favorite moments for reasons of either emotional, either intensity, emotional intensity or, or absolute frustration. Absolute frustration. Yeah. Uh, kicking that off, um, I won't spend a lot of time on this because I've talked about this in past podcasts. Yes, but indeed. 
the Fallout New Vegas Lucky 38 Glitch of Doom. Oh, yes. I watched you go through that. I felt bad for you. I secretly laughed that it was not me. True story. I saw it. And I kicked him for it. It was not so secret. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, as a br brief summary, it, it's a glitch that, uh, as I've mentioned, I, I'm the only person that I know lucky enough to find it. I got all the way through the game. I'd been, as we mentioned previously, I don't jump right onto the main quest line and go through it. And you can't in New Vegas because it mm -hmm. ends the game. Right. But I had done, put a lot of time into exploring, a lot of time into doing side quests, and got a lot of the way through the main quest, which is where you wind up at the Lucky 38. I walked through the front door of the Lucky 38, and every Securitron aggroed on me simultaneously. And I went, ah! It ran back out again, and every Securitron on the strip had aggroed on me. And it happened every time I reloaded. It yeah. happened. And if you kill all the Securitrons, you can't proceed with the quest. Yeah. So I had to start over again. From scratch. <laughs> From scratch. And you're saying, but Aaron, you probably had other saved games. They corrupted. Every single, Every single one. one. So that was that. And that, in fact, that you know what? Let's just say that's my all-time worst Fallout moment was the realization that I had found the mother of all glitches. And even yeah. the internet didn't know what to tell me. It just went, uh, I, I don't know. I've never heard of this let me let me talk to some people i'm going to take a brief moment here and on the off chance that todd howard or anybody at bethesda softworks happens to catch this show i understand that these odds are slim i know we're not that entertaining but if anybody from bethesda somehow comes across this i would like to submit exhibit a my lovely wife as your final go-to beta tester for all things Bethesda. Because if there is a glitch... No matter a, how minuscule... A bug, a defect in the code, a glitch in the matrix, a whatever kind of software nightmare you wish to refer to it as, she will find it. I will. And she will suffer from it. <laughs> I will. Elder Scrolls Oblivion... Uh, more glitches recorded from her than I think had even ever hit the interwebs. Uh, Fallout 3, no exception. Fallout New Vegas, absolutely no exception. I'm pretty sure she has even found buggy code in the brief 10 hours that she has put towards the Elder Scrolls Online. It's true, I have. <laughs> so there's something about Bethesda Games and my wife that... I love them. They don't love me. Yeah, that's really the best way to put it. I don't ever recall saying anything bad about their mom. I don't, I've always been nice to them. You bake them cookies. I do. She doesn't even bake me cookies. It's not true. It's not true. <laughs> I bake even more cookies than I do Bethesda. Maybe that's why Bethesda's angry. I see, maybe that's what the key is. But anyways, if this happens to hit Bethesda's ears. Here I am. Here's Just your ultimate beta tester. Uh, she works from home. She works for cheap. We just want free stuff. It's true. And maybe some cash. I really like those Fallout Fall Boy shoes. You got any more of those Fallout games? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay. please continue that's with your probably, list. Anyways, probably my number one. I probably did that out of order. Yeah, but that's all right. We weren't being scientific. Uh, another moment that always just makes me want to throw my controller through our lovely television. And, and this actually, this could happen with both Fallout 3, but it was really pro a huge problem with New Vegas is uh, freezing and crashing. Yeah. 
um, either or falling through the world. Those are two very common glitches common to those large world games. But right. um, I seem to find them a lot. a lot. And again, getting back to if it's there, I'll find it. Uh, but in New Vegas was a little buggier. They they rushed, and it was it had the Bethesda stamp on it, but they kind of farmed out a lot of the coding mm, to it. And the it, story and all that in production was built by Oblivion, which is still a good company. Still a fantastic Please company. Don't get but ours wrong. I think the biggest problem was that they rushed. They got that strike while the iron is hot mentality, and they yeah. didn't take their time to deliver as good a game as they could. I still love it very much, but there there it showed. Uh, gonna die. No, you're not. Yeah, I'm alright. <laughs> you okay there? Ugh, I'm good. Tequila coming back to haunt you. Hi. Hello. Oh, I'm sorry. Hola. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that <laughs> no, not at all. No, no. Uh, you are way too white for that, my dear. Me soy es un gringo. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, not as much as me, but yes. Um, but anyway, those are big pet peeve type of moments. Sure, you know, that, that makes that sense. Encounter. You all know what they're like. You've all fallen through the world. Your your game has crashed. And as I mentioned previously, also with Fallout New Vegas, there was the added fun layer of, hey, your save game probably corrupted. Neat. Yay. As, as, uh, as Yes Man would say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and... My my next are kind of kind of echo some of the things that he said. These aren't game. These aren't moments that irritated me enough to punch puppies. It, it was just True. things that had huge emotional impact that kind of made you cry a little bit. Maybe even though you didn't want to admit it. First one, yeah. The the first time a death claw rakes your face off when you're not expecting it, <laughs> and I can't uh, share it online. But this is the way I noted that in my phone. Oh yeah, yeah. You definitely can't put that. No, over I can't the air. put that on there. It's our, still a family friendly show, it's still kids. Family friendly show. Our boss has told us we are not to curse, so I will not. Note that there was cursing in my notes, though. Something, something, death claw face, something. <laughs> death claw, something face, something. Duck those guys. <laughs> yes, we'll go with that. Um, quack, 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 moving quack. on. Duck, <laughs> um, and another one, as, as he said, where your father's death in Fallout 3, you're just kind of sitting there un, unable to believe that that just happened. And the moment where you're around the corner and you're in Nipton going, God, what the hell happened here? <laughs> oh, crap. Oh. Caesar's Legion, you guys are a bunch of bastards. And as we were discussing earlier, that's a moment for me where as a gamer, you just have that moment where with your character, you have your gun there and you're pointing it at the Vulpus's face. Mm -hmm. And it causes you such psychological agony that you can't just kill him. Yeah. And the game really, why? that's another clever thing that they did over there at Bethesda, was they wire it to where you really can't. In, in, a, in a world that's very much free choice, Trust me, I tried. <laughs> True, many times. I tried many times. And the problem is, usually by the time you stumble across Nipton, you're far too low a level to really piss off Caesar's Legion. Yeah. Because um, I did it once and went, oh, that's fine. I got through it. I killed all those guys. They deserved it. Look at this place. God, there's crucified people. The whole town is burned. There's chaos everywhere. This is horrible. Well, they got their well, richly deserved deaths. Oh, you you can't stand up against Caesar's Legion at that point. You really can't. The first time one of those guys pops up and says, the Kaisar has marked you for death and the Legion obeys, you're going down. It's a true story. 
True story. So I seen to he, he did. He was a witness to me trying to struggle through that and then finally having to say, well, good thing I left a save game and it didn't corrupt. Yay. <laughs> Going back and reloading that and rethinking the error of my ways. <laughs> so th- those are definitely my five worst for varying reasons. Mm-hmm. How about you, my dear? Uh, I had a great big list walking into this and most of it's evaporated out of my head. Hold on, wait. Wait, wait. I think I see a couple of them in the bottom of the glass mm. there. That's fantastic. Um, my least favorite Fallout moments are typically, again, the bugs, the glitches, the hangups, the freezes, the crashes, the burns. Um, with all that being said, uh, my least favorite moments would conversely, uh, you know, alongside my favorite moments, be nipped in because it is such a horrific thing. Mm. Um, the on the lift. Oh, there it is. I got it. I found it. Found it's it? right there. All right. Um, We're ready. When I play role-playing games, I typically tend to cast myself as the hero of my story, which I presume is fairly typical. I know some people, <coughs> Jordy, Jordy. <coughs> uh prefer to play the ravening psychopath. Um, but I typically play as the, the hero of the story, obviously. So with that, I tend to uphold a certain Paragon uh, creed. I tend to follow certain quest choices that will lead me to positive outcomes. And then once I've played through the game once or twice as the hero, then I will eventually branch out into absolute bastarddom. <laughs> and with that being said, one of my least favorite yet still kind of awesome moments is reducing Megaton to a pile of ash. <laughs> There's, I, you know, and that just goes to show you, I guess, uh, that I still feel guilty about pushing that little red button. But the way they deliver that cutscene from the top of Tenpenny Tower, where you see that shockwave come rolling towards you, and the mushroom cloud off glistening in the distance, is still pretty fantastic. But. I will admit I've only done that twice. Um, for the most part, I have always fought to preserve Megaton um, simply because, if nothing else, Moira Brown as a ghoul is somewhat terrifying. Oh, my God. I almost <laughs> flung myself over the back of the couch the first time her melted face popped up in front of the camera. Which does lead me to another issue that is something of a plot hole for me since uh, pretty much they imply that to become a ghoul, one has to be exposed to certain levels of radiation over the course of several decades, if not if not hundreds of years. And she seems to have been ghoulified overnight. Yeah, I'll allow it, but, you know, kind of a weak uh, plot hole. Speaking of weak plot holes, that will bring me to the next one, which is Candlelight Caverns. <laughs> I, I was going to leave this disturbing little tidbit alone, but... Why? I got to talk I, I about don't it. See, yeah. I don't see why. So Candlelight Caverns, you have this kind of underground natural phenomenon that is a tourist attraction, much like Carlsbad Caverns. And I think he means lamplight. Lamplight Caverns, yes. yes, thank you. What did I say? Candlelight. Oh, hold on. Wait. Yeah, there you go. One more. Mm. Oh, it's so fruity. I like it. Uh, lamplight. Little Lamplight. Little Lamplight. So Little Lamplight, you have this natural cavern complex that has obviously been the tourist attraction that it was meant to be, much like Carlsbad Caverns in New Mexico. Uh, this school group gets caught there, and thus the origins of Little Lamplight begin. My problems with this, the big plot hole that nobody seems to want to discuss, is the fact that you've had all these juveniles 
Because I'm pretty sure you get kicked out at the age of 16. 16. Now there's, yeah, there's a couple of, um, it differentiates slightly depending on who you talk to in the game. There's, and I'm sure this is one of those things that only somebody that's played it as much as me notices where usually you get 16, a couple other people say 18, but for those of you that don't remember, Lamplight Caverns is fully uh, populated by children. Yes. Which and is creepy. They get kicked out when they're 16. Now, keep in mind, this started right when the bombs fell 200, 200 years, years ago. ago. So we have 200 so we have years 200 worth years of inbred children. Worth of inbred children producing children. Hooray. Yay. Now, in Bethesda's defense, I say almost reluctantly. Because <laughs> um, it's one of those topics that you don't want to blatantly discuss, discuss in a family-friendly video game. No. You don't want to think about the little 10 and 12-year-olds having sex, creating children, and thus perpetuating And then, and then throwing them out in the wasteland when they get too old to stay. Right. But they... It's a bit creepy. Yeah, it is. And the the most... I think they go towards addressing it in the game is there's a character that basically is the mayor of Lamplight. He's looks like he's Mayor McCready. Mayor McCready, which is another one of the just rich, fantastic characters. He's this kid that walks around in a combat helmet and a camo jacket, cursing like there's like it's going out of style. It's fantastic. And you know the actor, the kid actor that was probably the same age that did this role thought it was just the best job he'd ever gotten. Um Hi, Smudge. For those of you listening along at home without any sound, there's a cat on my husband's shoulder. Hi. Hi, honey. Um, McCready clarifies that the reason they put the six, once you're 16, you're out rule into place. He says, we just, we tell, we toe the line and tell people all it's because we don't trust mungos, which is their word for adults. Um, but he says, realistically, there's just not enough space and food down here to keep everybody here. We would if right. we, we would if we could. But we can't. So somebody has to make the brutal choice. Somebody has to go. Somebody has to go. Apparently, it's anybody over the age of sixteen. Good luck to you. Good luck. To Here's you. a party hat. Here's Hope a party you don't hat. die. Hope you don't die in the wasteland. And that's another part of their richly tailored environment, where you see that unfortunately sometimes they do die in the wasteland. Uh, if you're exploring Paradise Falls, yes, uh, which I usually do via just going in there and wiping all the bastard flavors. Because that's a, a lot, lot of fun. fun. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but in one corner, you see a skeleton in a cage with a party hat on. Yep. And you find those in a couple parts in the wasteland. So yep. it's pretty clear that it's not a friendly world out there if you've been raised in this kind of closed-in environment. Yeah. Um, also, again, showing my nerdy colors. <laughs> uh, um, if you <laughs> hack into the doctor's computer in River, Rivet City, uh, you see him making notes on various patients, and Trini is one of them. And she's the hooker that is constantly uh, trading wares, as you might say, in um, the Muddy Rudder, the bar on the lower level of River yes. City. And the doctor makes kind of a side note of, despite her avocation she's very healthy i guess they grow them strong in little lamplight hey so you know this is you know another you know look at where these characters branch off right they don't all end up in big town apparently hey so hey congratulations you're a hooker in rivet city you 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 lived congratulations yeah so a big plot hole there for me is how little lamplight managed to survive 200 years and they address it they also address it in the fallout 3 guide right um 
saying that there's a bit of an uncomfortable relationship between mm. Lucy and Mayor McCready, even though they're about 10. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> it's gross. Move on. Move on. <laughs> All right. Uh, so speaking of moving on, one of my other least favorite moments really for me was Mothership Zeta. Um, Mothership Zeta was a bit of a drag. Uh, I, you know, I was really excited. Hey, 1950s space aliens, uh, alien blasters, alien tech. And other than a couple moments at the beginning involving a giant uh, version of the children's toy crane game, which is pretty funny, I got to admit. It is. Uh, really, the whole thing kind of felt eh, a bit lackluster overall. Um, out of all the DLCs between Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas, Mothership Zeta is my least favorite. I would have to agree with that. And another... I don't know if they did this on purpose or if it just wound up this way, but another uh, downside to Mothership Zeta was that you, depending on what you chose to level up in, you might be completely useless useless mm -hmm. in that DLC. If you, the first time I played through, I... Sorry, folks, there's a possible cat-related <laughs> catastrophe brewing here. <laughs> Uh, hi. It's it's always fun with for for children around for the house. Around. Uh, good times. Uh, well, please continue. Well, barf on anything. No, we're doing good. Awesome. Please don't barf on the soundboard. It's <laughs> not ours. That's not ours. Uh, oh yeah. You that were here a few weeks ago when she actually did barf during the show. <laughs> 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 so I gave her extra treats uh, for that was, creativity. Actually, good times. Um. But yeah, you can wander into Mothership Zeta even no matter how high your level is, totally poorly equipped because yeah. I had leveled up in small Science. guns, locksmithing, and something else was kind of where I concentrated a lot mm -hmm. of my points. And unless you leveled up in energy weapons, science, and something else, what was it? Uh, uh, lock melee, weapons. melee weapons. Melee weapons. Melee yes. weapons. Unless you... Really? <laughs> You know what? I'm just ignoring her. I'm yeah, ignoring just her. just continue. Let's finish the show. Let's yeah, finish strong. Not climbing where she's not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but unless you leveled up in those three things, you you're not getting through it. No, not or, at all. You know, I I went into Mothership Zeta, leveled up in small guns, lock picking, and some other thing that was utterly useless. And I went in there with hundreds of stim packs, and I came out. I wound up just reloading the whole thing because I came out with about thirty. Yeah, I went in them with four hundred something stim packs. Came out with twenty nine or thirty. You got your ass whoop. Yeah, I did, and spectacularly in oh, yeah. different ways. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went back into it with a. I just created an entirely new character, leveled up in those three aforementioned categories, and then went in when I was only about a level seven or eight, which helped, which made all of the difference. And, but even if you're leveled up in the right places. Materials a little lackluster, like you said. Yes. Uh, let's see. I think that's three. Because we talked about that. We talked about that. We talked about that other thing. There was thing. a lot of crossover with our other categories. Yeah. So, you know, really it's hard to pinpoint least favorite things with uh, the Fallout series for me. It is because they're really... They're so awesome. They're awesome. They're, they're, they're very fun. They're very detailed. The, the combat is... Yeah is by and large yeah. very good and fallout four fallout four three days three days fallout four 
Tune in next week to see how many slap fights we got into to see who got to play. Yeah, yeah, because we're still debating over that whole, you know, should we buy a second Xbox One with another copy of the game <laughs> and maybe another television so that we both, you know, don't wind up getting divorced <laughs> uh, or dead because that's a very strong possibility. Um, and if you never hear from me again, this may be my last will and testament. I want... Uh, Jeff to have all the equipment, Sam to have all my guns, and Aaron gets the rest because she'll take it anyways. Uh, yeah. So folks, Fallout Four. Fallout Four. We're excited. A few days. We can't wait. Uh, so hey, check out the uh, Pip Boy edition, uh, Pip Boy application, I should say, on the uh, iTunes Store, the Apple Store, the Play Store, and and you can try on Windows. But probably not. No. Probably not on Windows. Sorry, Sam. Good luck. Um, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah. Um, mostly because of nothing else. I'm running a little low on tequila. Yeah, we need to fix this. Mm. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. It's still good. This has been episode number 350 of the PGL Lobbycast. And we are bringing you all the news that is Fallout. As Three Dogs so succinctly says, something, something, children, I forgot. It's been a long night. (laughs) (laughs) Coming at you loud and proud from Galaxy News Radio here in I'm your president, John Eden. (laughs) Uh, Hey, good night. Good luck. Um, We will see you next week. Follow up for Check it out Tuesday. We're super excited. Peace. We're out.